0: Hello, and welcome to the Accountability Coach podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money and work less so you can enjoy having your ideal business and your ideal life. This is Ann Backrack. Today we have a special guest with us, who I know you will find super interesting as he talks about how we all can take control of our life and actually have the kind of life we truly want and probably deserve. Byron Morrison is the author of three best-selling books, including the book, Maybe You Should Give Up, Seven Ways to Get Out of Your Own Way and Take Control of Your Life. Over the last decade, he has worked with CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business leaders in 15 different countries to help them take back control of their life and their business. Welcome, Byron. We really appreciate you joining
1: us. Hey, thanks for having me here. I'm excited to be on today.
0: Let's get started with talking a little bit about your book and the contents of it, because your book, Maybe You Should Give Up, has a ton of great content and value. So what do you think is the main reason that we get stuck in our head by overthinking and second-guessing ourselves, and then, of course, avoiding the actions we know we need to take to create the business and the life we want? Maybe a big question to start with, but I'd like to get your input on that. Uh, Yeah,
1: I think it's a great question because over the last few years, I've been fortunate now to work with entrepreneurs and CEOs and business leaders in 15 different countries. And I've seen that across the board, the biggest thing holding people back from the results and success they want is fear. It's that sabotaging voice in their head that causes them to doubt themselves, to overthink, to a procrastinator of the actions they know they need to take to actually create the impact they want. So for me, that is really the big thing that I think every single one of us, whether it's failure, rejection, success, or whatever it is, is actually stopping us from moving forward.
0: Absolutely, and a lot of times, what people do—and correct me if I'm wrong—is that you know they start focusing on the things that could happen, but maybe never will.
1: Yeah, I think this is something that we're all guilty of, and. Uh, I actually talk about this in section four of the book, where one of the things I hone in on is worrying about problems that haven't happened yet. Because when you're running a business, this is something that you'll be faced with every single day, Whether issues with your customers, worrying about hitting payroll, uh, generating enough revenue. All of these things are constantly going on. And I find that for a lot of entrepreneurs and leaders, they then lend, find themselves in a situation where they're constantly overwhelmed by issues that aren't even currently a problem. And one of my favorite quotes is if you stress about something before it happens, you're essentially putting yourself through it twice. And this is why it's so important to really break it down and figure out, okay, what can you do about it? Because if you're worried about something that could go wrong in six months and you're wasting all of your time and energy on it, that's time and energy you could put into finding a solution. But we're just our own worst enemies because we're just focusing on problems rather than paths forward.
0: So true. So true. So really what I I hear you saying is, hey, let's focus on what we can control and let's focus on what we want, not really what we don't want or what they think might happen. Is that right?
1: Yeah, exactly. You've really got to learn to disconnect when something is reality and when it's just a story, because we all have mental stories based on assumptions and jumping to conclusions of what we think is going on. And one of the biggest pieces of advice I could give to anyone listening to this is you have to start recognizing when something is true and when it's just based on your mold of the world. And the way to do that is to stop and ask yourself, like, do I know this for certain or is it just an assumption or a conclusion or a story I'm telling myself? And if it's just a story, what do you need to do to clarify And um, I'll give you a perfect example of this. I think a lot of people could relate to. Um, I have a, a CEO that I'm working with at the moment, and he came to a session recently where he was just telling me that a member of his team was no longer performing. It's like the guy's lost interest. He's no longer motivated. And I bet he's looking for a new job, and he started building up all of this negativity. And I had to stop him. Do you know this for certain, or is it just a story? Like, what else could be going on here? And it's like, well, I don't know. So he had to go speak to the guy to find out, and it turned out that the employee's mother recently got a very very severe health diagnosis she was on limited time he was having to look after her at home she was understandably stressed out of his mind but he hadn't told anyone that was the reason behind his poor performance recently it was only when this client un- understood this then he could start giving him the support that he needed but because his mind was running wild he had gone to a story that wasn't even true wasn't even close to it and that was where he was basing his decisions and stress on
0: Wow so it really is just... Figuring out what is actually occurring instead of making all this stuff, for lack of a better word, up in our head.
1: Exactly. And this for me, it's why it's so important that you become in tune with why you're thinking the way that you do. Because when you can start recognizing that something's a story, then you can start figuring out, okay, what do you need to know? And how do you then start focusing on solutions and way forward? Because you're never going to be in complete control of what's going on around you, but you can always control how you respond. And a lot of the time, just knowing that and empowering yourself to focus on the moment and actions you can take is how you're actually going to progress and move forward.
0: What do you think makes us compare ourselves to others and then worry about problems or issues that haven't happened yet as we're doing that comparison?
1: I think there's two sides to it. Um, In my experience, the first side is obviously social media. It's so easy to just keep swiping and going through and seeing all these amazing things in other people's lives. And you have to remember that people only show you what they want you to see. And also, they're only putting up their highlight reel. So on any single day when you're like sat there just having a normal day and you go and you see that friend or that colleague who's on their dream holiday, people aren't doing that every single day. But you're just then feeling bad and fueling it comparing it to what you're doing. So I find for a lot of people, that just causes them to really feel bad about their own progress. The other side of it is I find that a lot of people haven't fully embraced what they're doing in their own life. They, on a deeper level, haven't internalized their own goals. Uh, I give an example of this in the book of myself. When I started my business and I was going through the first few years, a lot of my friends were advancing in their career. They were buying houses. They were settling down. And for a long time, I felt like I was failing because compared to them, I was so far behind. And it was only when I stopped to really process, I realized like the reason why I'd left the corporate world is I didn't want to be tied to a mortgage with kids. I didn't want to work with someone else. I wanted freedom and to travel the world. But even though I knew that was the goal, I hadn't stopped to actually figure out what I truly wanted and take it in on a deeper level. And that's why you really need to figure out what is it you truly want and then get a tunnel vision where you block out everything else.
0: Yeah, so instead, really just focusing, like you said, on what you want, not what others want for you or what you think you should be doing, right?
1: Yeah, because so much of that is just expectations you're placing on yourself. There's no timeline that says you should have achieved X by a certain period in your life. So all of that's just pressure you're placing on yourself. And that's why you really need to just take a step back and be like, do you know what? You're in a marathon, not a sprint. And if you slow down and focus on the process, that's how you eventually start getting towards where you want to be.
0: Cool. I love this. So how does short term thinking and short sighted decisions then stop us from reaching our true potential and really utilize our mindset the way we need to to create our success?
1: Yeah. So this is something where most people sabotage themselves. the way that most people live their life is they're constantly making decisions based on what they want in the moment, whether it's pleasure or comfort or satisfaction or avoiding pain. And the problem with this is often they're choosing what they want now over what they want most. And Whereas if you look at the most successful people of all time, they always think a few steps ahead. They go into decisions knowing what is this going to lead me to long term? Because often the biggest pay are going to require taking risks or like having short term sacrifices or focusing on short term losses, knowing that that's going to get you towards where you want to be. So if you don't actually build, map it out and look into the future, you're always going to make decisions on the short term that could be jeopardizing what you actually want long term.
0: OK, I like it. I'd love for you to talk about your 15 minute rule and how applying this rule can help us on our journey to achieving our professional and personal goals?
1: Yeah, so I find when you're running a business, it's quite common that your day is just gonna be filled with fires and never-ending challenges. And I find for a lot of people, all of that stress is something that they internalize and they follow it up. And this means that going through the day, they can constantly be frustrated and on edge. And as anyone listening to this knows, there's no way you can show up at your best when you're being driven by emotion. And that's why I find in the times that you do get derailed, rather than bottling it in, you have to force yourself to disconnect and step away. And that's why I developed what I call the 15-minute rule. It's basically instead of uh, like holding your emotions in, you give yourself 15 minutes to process and deal with them, whether you go for a walk, go for a run, like, listen to music speak to someone laugh cry like whatever it is you need to work through it with the caveat being that at the end of 15 minutes you're gonna set a timer when that goes off you're gonna take a deep breath and say to yourself okay I now need to move on and then focus on how do you move forward and the reason this is so powerful is most people just hold it in and it will derail the rest of their day or their week because they're trying not to allow their emotions to kind of have any impact And sometimes you're already human. You need to allow yourself to process it so that you can move on.
0: I couldn't agree more. (laughs) My philosophy and what I tell my clients is you're allowed to have a five minute, what I call a pity party. Then you need to put your big boy pants on or your big girl pants on
1: and just move on. Exactly. Like that's such a good way of framing it. But a lot of people, because they feel like I need to be resilient, I need to be strong. They just try and bottle it in. And it's just so negative because it's in the back of your mind and it's building up and it's stopping the way you think. Obviously, the ideal place is you're going to be at a point where you can see setbacks, focus on what you control and move through it, not letting it derail you. But like I said, you are only human. And at times, some things do get to you and you just need to allow yourself to recalibrate, refocus and then get back on track.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I love the idea about just doing something to get all that energy that isn't serving you out of your system. Like you said, go for a walk or go for a run or do some push-ups against the wall or some sit-ups or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, whatever it is, just get yourself moving, change your physiology and just allow yourself to just process it. You'll be amazed at how much you can break the power it has over you by actually figuring out why do you feel the way that you do? Just work through it. I think committing to move on. That's why I love the time limit on it. So rather than you being stressed and overwhelmed or like being yourself up over something for hours or the rest of the day, you're being like, Do you know, what? I'm going to give myself 15 minutes to just dwell on this, like feel whatever I want to feel. And after that, I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to move forward.
0: Yep. Forget about what negativity or what things happen and just move forward. I love this concept. I think it's brilliant. Share your thoughts on the truth about burnout and why it happens and then strategies to help us get it under control.
1: Yeah, so burnout is a hot topic at the moment because everyone's working so incredibly hard, so much is going on in the world that people are inevitably becoming burnt out from it. But I found like as with any mainstream idea, the advice and guidance on it is often incredibly misguided. Like so many people have this idea that if you're burnt out, you just need to take some time off. And Sure, that might work for someone in a corporate job where they take a couple of weeks holiday and they come back and feel back to normal. But that's not someone who's burnt out, that's someone who's just tired. Not to take away from what they've been through, but burnout is something that compounds over an extended period of time. It often comes into someone who has this huge passion for what they're doing, they've been stuck in the trenches, like they've been pushing themselves to the limit and they're at a point where they're mentally and emotionally exhausted, where every day is just a battle to get through. Like for someone like that, just taking a break may make them feel temporarily better but it's not going to solve the problem because they're going to come straight back into the same situation and that's why I found in order to actually get burnout under control you firstly need to reconnect with what you're doing and why you need to know on a deeper level what is your reason to get out better in the morning because if you're not connected to your goals and not excited by what you're doing it's just going to be a battle to get through The next thing you need to do is focus on developing healthy routines that add to your life, that protect your energy and help you feel at your best. And the third is set the right boundaries, not just with other people, but with yourself. So could you repeat those three again for us, please? Yeah. So the first one is taking some time to reconnect with your goals. So on a deeper level, you know what you're doing and why. The second one is focusing on developing healthy routines, everything from how you start your day to eating the right foods and getting enough exercise, optimizing sleep, stuff that makes you feel good. And then third, it's setting the right boundaries, not just with other people to stop them overstepping, but also yourself so that you don't keep working to the limit and pushing yourself to the max, which caused a lot of the problems to begin with.
0: Well, I think these are all really important. That's why I wanted you to repeat them again to make sure we got those. And I mean, setting boundaries alone is just a huge issue for most people.
1: I'd say especially for entrepreneurs, like the people listening to this show a lot of the time they have the right intentions. They wanna be the the boss and leader that their team can turn to. And I find a lot of the time what happens is they start to just drop everything. Like someone comes to them with a problem and even though they've got a plan and priorities for the day, they just allow themselves to get derailed. So as a result, they spend most of their days in react to problems where they don't actually move anything forward. And this is why it's so important to really make this shift to stop thinking like an entrepreneur and start thinking like a CEO giving yourself permission to push back, to do things on your own agenda, to know when something is having a negative impact in your life and speaking up. There's so many of the people I work with, they tolerate things and it has just a mental and emotional drain on them.
0: So true, so true. Well, I'd love you to talk a little bit about the negative language traps, as I think these are important to discuss.
1: Yeah, I found that The way that we speak to ourselves and the words that we use directly impact our thoughts and what we focus on and ultimately the results that we get and that's why in the book there's five negative language traps that i point out that we have to break the cycle from using the first one is makes me like he makes me angry the weather makes me sad she makes me so frustrated no one can make you feel anything every emotional response is a choice And when you start to recognize that you can control your response, that's when you can actually start breaking out of a reactive cycle and start actually feeling in control. The next one is the word try. There's no such thing as try. You're either going to do something or you're not. And A lot of the time you say you're going to try to do something because you're hoping the future version of you is going to feel motivated. That just puts you through so much extra mental stress. It's like make a decision. Are you going to do it or not? And say yes or no. The next one is the word hope. I hope I can get results. I hope I can do this. Like the problem with hope is you're essentially saying that you hope the stars are going to align, the planets are going to come together and everything's magically going to work out. It's like someone going on a diet saying they hope that they're going to lose some weight. They're avoiding taking responsibility for the actions they need to take and giving themselves an excuse to justify it before it even happened. Uh, The next one is the word if. If I get results, if I make it happen. Again, it's avoiding taking responsibility. You have to change it to when you do it because that empowers you. And then the final one is the word should. We all have things in our life we feel like we should be doing. But the problem with the word should is there's no necessity. There's nothing holding you to it. Whereas there's things in your life that you know that you must do, where regardless of what's going on, you find a way. And this is why it's so important to figure out what are the things in your life that truly matter. And If you keep saying you should do them, but you don't, what is the reason why? And how do you turn them into a must so that they become a non-negotiable I love
0: these. I absolutely love these. So as a matter of fact, the word try comes up a lot when I'm coaching my clients and I told everybody, okay, we're no longer even using the word try. I mean, we're just taking it out of our vocabulary (laughs) because yeah, you're either going to do it or you're not, and you're not trying to do anything. So let's just recap those five again for us, please.
1: Yeah. So it's the word makes me as in putting your emotional response on someone else. The word try, basically giving yourself an out to avoid taking responsibility for what you need to do. Uh, the word hope, as in putting your results as, outside of your control. The word if, and then finally the word should.
0: Love it. I absolutely love these negative language traps. And I think it's something that we can all take away today and really
1: implement. Just this one
0: concept would have a huge impact on our outcome
1: one thing i love about this is i can guarantee people are going to go away today and they're going to start hearing these in everyday conversations whether it's a member of their team or it's someone complaining in the queue while they're at the supermarket like whatever it is you'll constantly hear people saying this and then you'll be like this is the exact reason why you're not getting results because you you're focusing on all of these negative language traps that are taking your attention away from looking at solutions and it's amazing how just a simple shift in a word and reframing it can give you so much power because then you can start to think in a way of okay, what is the solution here? What can I do about this and how can I change it? Whereas people who actually get stuck in these, a lot of the time they have a victim mindset. They get stuck focusing on the past or beating themselves up or all of the things going wrong, which they can't change. Where shifting these is actually how you start taking control.
0: I so agree. I think these few little small words have such a big impact on us and changing our language can change the outcomes we get. I think it's absolutely brilliant. So how does our happiness come from focusing on the present and not the past or the future? And why is it so important for us to then prioritize what we want?
1: Yeah. So I find as entrepreneurs, a lot of the time we live in the future. We always focus on goals we want to achieve, like outcomes we want to create. And I think anyone listening to this is probably guilty of telling themselves that once they hit that next threshold, that next milestone, that's when they'll take some time off. They'll spend more time with their family. They'll prioritize their health. But isn't that what they said the last time and the time before that? Like, I know I've been stuck in this cycle so many times and That's why one of the big lessons I've learned is that happiness doesn't come from the end result somewhere else in the future. And instead, it comes from the journey. And the journey takes place in the present. And that's why if you want to live a happy and fulfilled life, you have to really allow yourself to slow down, to feel more moments, to be more connected to those around you. Because if you don't, you're going to put yourself in a situation where life is going to pass you by. And I've lost count of how many CEOs I've worked with who, despite incredible success, millions of dollars in the bank, They're miserable. And the reason being is because they sacrificed everything. They were so caught up in the day-to-day. They let their family, their relationships, all of that slide to get to where they wanna be. And that's not saying don't focus on money and creating success, like all those things are important, but it's also having the intention to really slow down and just be in the moment and focus on what's important
0: Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. I can't tell you how many times I've had people tell me how they regretted working so much or regretted not being around for their kids, you know, soccer game or whatever it might be or regretted this or regretted that. And that's actually why I wrote my book, Live Life With No Regrets, because I think it's a sad way to go and end up.
1: And that's why it's so important to just take a step back and really figure out what's truly important in life, because you can't have it all. Like you can have an amazing, thriving business while having strong relationships and being around for your family. But it comes down to knowing what actually matters and how do you build your life around that? Whereas most people just allow themselves to get pulled into the problems and the challenges and where they're trying to get to. And that's why they almost lose themselves and lose sight of what they want along the way. So true. So true. I think a lot of us
0: are all guilty of that, at least at some point until we snap our fingers and snap out of it. Right.
1: <laughs> Yeah. I don't want people to get to that point where it breaks down. And if anyone listening to this, like if they can just stop and be like, you know, what am I I actually doing here? Like, what is it that I want? What's important to me? And how do I start finding time to prioritize it? Because it doesn't mean you have to give up everything else or like sacrifice your success. But it does mean just getting more intentional with setting boundaries and having the right things in place so that you can find an element of that work and life harmony.
0: Yeah, work-life balance is very important in my book as well. What are the biggest reasons why you think most people actually never achieve their goals and really break through to their next level of success?
1: Yeah, so what I found is that the biggest reason most people don't achieve their goals is they focus too much on what they want and they don't figure out who they need to become in order to make it happen. And the reason why this is so important is every new level of success comes with new problems and new responsibilities and demands and that's why every new level of success requires a new level of you and that because of that your current habits your behaviors your way of doing things that got you to where you are isn't going to get you to the next level and if anything they're the exact reason why you're stuck and this is why anyone listening to this right now you need to take a little bit of time to figure out okay your vision and goals and the life you want to create who is the version of you that made that happen really stop and ask yourself, Like, how are they spending their day? What are they taking on? What non-negotiables did they follow through with? Because that's gonna show you what you need to not only let go of and stop doing, but also what you need to integrate and take on in action to become that best version of yourself. And the reason why I love this framing is so often people rely on motivation or willpower or hoping they follow through. And hope is not a strategy. And that's why instead it's when you're in situations, you have to stop and ask yourself, what would the person I want to become do right now? Would they make excuses? Would they put it off? Or would they push themselves to take action? Because when you start making decisions and taking action as the person you want to become, that's how you'll start stepping into that new identity and become that next level version of yourself.
0: Boy, that is so well said and so key and important. We could talk for hours about all the great concepts that you have, so what the, is the best way for someone to get a copy of your book?
1: So you can order my book. Maybe you should give up seven ways to get out of your own way and take control of your life anywhere that you can get books, uh, whether it's Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Walmart. like If they sell books, you can get it there. And you can also find out more about it on my website, ByronMorrison.com.
0: Great. Love it. Any thoughts that you'd like to leave us with that can help us?
1: Yeah, one thing I would just say to a lot of the entrepreneurs out there is you need to learn to actually cut yourself a little bit of slack. Because I find for so many entrepreneurs, they are their own worst critic. They're the ones who are so harsh on themselves when things go wrong or don't fully go according to plan. And while this is a fantastic motivator, it's never going to lead to any real happiness. Because if you're constantly when even you get great results, focusing on what you could have done better and beating yourself up, you're never gonna feel like you're enough. And this can be such a damaging thing for your confidence and your self-worth. And that's why one big lesson I've learned is you have to learn to detach yourself from the results because you are not your business, even though at times it can be so difficult to tell them apart, And that's why you really need to go in with a level of empathy for yourself of knowing when you showed up and did your best, learning from it and focusing on the positive lessons for the future. Because if you constantly just dwell on what you did or didn't do or mistakes that you've made, you're always gonna feel like you're never enough and it's gonna massively affect the results you're able to create.
0: So cut ourselves a bit of slack. I love that, that's so great. Well, I really appreciate you taking your very valuable time to share your great concepts with us. And again, some of these simple concepts, and I call them simple because they are, but the problem is, is most people just don't implement them, don't really take heart with a lot of the things that you said to really help them move to their next level. So I really do appreciate you sharing your great insight with us today.
1: Thank you for having me Yeah, and me share it.
0: Well, my hope for our time together with Byron is that you got value in an idea or two, or maybe even three, that will help you be even more successful professionally and personally. Feel free to share my podcast with others, as it can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries. And of course, at accountabilitycoach.com. And if you'd like to get a short daily fix from me, subscribe to the Accountability Minute, which can also be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries. And if you'd like more proven business success resources and tips, subscribe to my blog by going to accountabilitycoach.com forward slash blog. And always aim for what you want each and every day. Until next time, make it a great day, today and every day. I appreciate you listening.